Welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast. On this show, we take a relational approach to turning readers into fans by using expensive words based on our emotions to write compelling stories. This way, instead of finding customers who read, we find friends and fans who will go on any storytelling path with us as we walk down the winding roads that make up our author journeys. Get ready to learn more about writing the story of your heart right now on Writing Expensive Words. Uh, Today we're starting a series called Trope Trials. And Trope Trials is the new series where we put two books written uh, written in the same trope up against each other. And after that, we discuss um, two or three tips that I'm going to give you to think about when writing this trope. So today's battle books, yes, I I took the idea of battle bots and I put books on the end. Uh, today's battle books are going to be Recursion by Blake Crouch. I don't know how to like get you to be able to see the cover on there. There, yeah, if I lower the brightness. Woo, today's Recursion by Blake Crouch and The Map of Tiny Perfect Things by Lev Grossman. Grossman. I don't know how to pronounce his name properly. I'm sure one of those ways was right, right? So today's trial is going to be um, between two time loop titans. I cannot wait to talk about this. I've been like dying to talk to you about this. Uh, I had the idea for Trope Trials last week, but I only had one book read, which was Recursion. So I had to hurry up and read the map of Tiny Perfect Things this weekend, which was fine because it's about 54 pages I think um and I am like on a time limit as far as this show because I figured out that in order to do the YouTube live stream without my audio breaking up every once in a while that I have to put my entire house on internet lockdown and we don't have like old-fashioned cable or anything like that so I'm like okay kids read a book play with Legos do something mommy will be finished by uh 4.15. So let's just dive right in. Let's get into this. I can't wait. I'm so excited. So um, the first book that we're going to look at, well, I guess I should give you like a little bit of a background uh, as far as what a time loop story is. So time loop is a trope within the genre of science fiction underneath the subgenre of time travel. And uh, if you're nerdy like I am, you love all those words, you know what they mean. But basically, the genre is like the overall, um, you know, like fantasy, uh, contemporary, science fiction. And then each one, each one of the um, uh, genres can be broken down into subgenres. And then within that, there are certain tropes. And a trope is some a type of story that happens within that subgenre. Or genre that people really love. And so for today, we're talking about the time loop trope, which is one of my absolute favorite tropes. I am obsessed with time travel books. I'm writing a time travel book. Eventually, I've been working on it for like the last three years, coming up with all the rules of the universe and figuring out the characters has been, um, you know, interesting and hard, but awesome. And I'm going to start writing those books, hopefully at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. My writing schedule is getting pretty packed, Um, but (laughs) I love time loop stories because doesn't it, isn't it like the most appealing thing that you make a mistake 
and you get to redo it and see how that mistake would work out. And probably the most famous example of a time loop story is Groundhog Day starring Bill Murray. And that happens to be my husband's favorite movie. So I've seen it a lot of times. I can quote giant chunks of the movie. Um, if you know anything about my husband, Travis, he's really into film. Like he's the film guy. I'm the book lady. And then like kind of like fight, 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 fight for your parents' love. Uh, that was a Simpsons reference in case you didn't know. I heard someone come downstairs, so if they come in, all right, you have to come in and say hi to everybody now. Hello. This is Timo. We're going to go to the park. You're going to go to the park. Okay. okay. All right. Say bye, YouTube. Bye. Make sure to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, buddy. Uh, so that's my son, Timo. He's very concerned that I make sure to remember to tell you to like and subscribe and follow if you're listening to the podcast. He is kind of obsessed with YouTube, and he's like, Mom, you only have, like, so many subscribers. That's pretty sad. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay. It's a long game. Um, so a time loop is the idea that you get to go through the loop, and the loop can be various lengths. Um, if you listen to my review on Tenant, the movie, which is so good, that's a really giant time loop that takes course over decades. Uh, and then Groundhog Day is the kind of time loop that it takes – the place over one day over and over and over again. And we're going to see in the battle book situation right now that one of these books is a really long time loop and then one of them is a really short time loop. So let's get into that. Although apparently I have tons of time because my kids are going to the park. All right. So Recursion by Blake Crouch. It has Barry Sutton, who's a cop, and Helena Smith, who's a neuroscientist. And if you're like, oh, that sounds like it's going to be a really cool book. And they're trying to figure out this thing called false memory syndrome where people suddenly remember things that never happened and they can't figure out why. And, like, it causes all kinds of horrible effects and, like, people end up committing suicide. Oh, and just to let you know, uh, fair warning, I'm going to spoil all these books, both of these books. Um, and so if you haven't read Recursion or The Map of Tiny Perfect Things and you want to read them, just Pause and come back later after you've read them. So um, recursion sounds like a really cool idea for a book. And I don't know if you're like me, but I was like, this book can't possibly be as cool as it sounds in the synopsis. And it won Goodreads Science Fiction Book of the Year uh, for 2019. So I bought it and I was like blown away because it is even cooler than what you think. Uh, it has to be one of my all time favorite time loop books. And the big question for this story is, how much would you be willing to give up to save the world? Right? Like, that's a pretty epic question. And so uh, I'm going to get a little bit more into the breakdown of that. But we see that the the person, the, uh, the book that this one is going up against is The Map of Tiny Perfect Things by Lev Grossman. And um, it has two characters, Mark and Margaret, who are 17-year-olds. And they are stuck in a one-day time loop. In Recursion, it's a long time loop that can span decades, depending on how things go through Barry or Helena's attempt, right? Um, but so if you... <laughs> In this, we don't really, in the map of Tiny Perfect Things, we don't really know which character's controlling the time loop. Uh, in Recursion, that's very clear from the beginning that both characters can control the time loop because of some t science timey-wimey things that happen. Uh, 
I'm going to, I'll tell you that in a minute. I'm getting too excited. Okay. I love, I love this trope. I love this genre. I love both of these books. Um, so the big question for the map of tiny perfect things is, uh, are you really living if you can't move forward in life because of grief? And I found that to be, I mean, both of the questions that these books pose are super universal, very relatable. Um, and so that they will they will appeal to a wide audience. And if you're like, Kristen, I don't understand how time loop stuff works. Uh, I would say go, if you have Netflix, go watch the film About Time. It is amazing. Uh, when Marie came to visit me, she's like, you have to watch this movie. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we watched it and I was like, you were right. Because Maria, if you don't know who she is, she's um, one of my co-authors. She's an editor under the Literary Symmetry Editing Co-op, which I run. And she... Um, She's just, she's more obsessed with time loop stories than I am. Like, time loop stories are her jam, all right? So, yeah, About Time will give you an education about time loop while you're watching it. And you'll be like, Rachel McAdams, she's so cute. And also, you're going to fall in love with the characters, and you're going to cry, and you're going to laugh. It's an amazing film, and it will give you the education you need to understand what a time loop is because it explains it in the film. Uh, so back to recursion. And the map of tiny perfect things. So um, I always use recursion as an example of writing expensive words because you can tell that something was going on with Blake Crouch, who is the author, when he wrote this to write something that's honestly pretty dark and discouraging at some points, but with this like underlying thread of hope. And he says that like, I went through something. He's not even willing to discuss what it was that prompted him to write this book. So I just know that it was probably really painful for him. And I can also tell by his words, right, because he's writing about something very difficult to write about. And like I said, I'm going to spoil the heck out of both of these books. So I'm just going to tell you. So Barry Sutton, uh, his daughter dies in a car accident. And once he discovers that time travel is possible um, through, they're able to, to time travel through memory is what uh, Helena Smith discovers, by the way, which is such a cool idea to be able to time travel through a certain memory because we all have those memories, right, that are really stuck in our brains that are super vivid, um, either something really amazing or something really horrible has happened. And for Barry Sutton, his daughter has died in a car in, in a hit and run. And so when he first figures out that time travel is possible, he decides that he is going to save his daughter. But he, when he finally gets into the timeline where he can save his daughter, she gets false memory syndrome where she remembers dying in a car accident and then all the new memories that she has up until that, um, up until that point feel fake. Because people can, they get the memories back when their timeline, when the timeline catches up with the person who messed with the timeline. So she's like living her life and then suddenly she has this memory of an alternate reality where she died and she feels like she's stolen all this time. She feels like she doesn't belong. And tragically, Barry's daughter ends up committing suicide. And he's like, I fixed this. I don't understand what's happening. And no matter what he does to try to fix her dying, it doesn't work. And I think that's like the first quarter of the book where you're reading that and you're like, ah, oh. and then he finds out about Helena 
who's the neuroscientist, and he tracks her down and he meets her, and at first she's really suspicious, right? And so they figure out all these things, and she's the one who creates the technology to make this, but only because there's another guy in the background pulling the strings, and he's manipulating her and using her and erasing her memory, and then, you know, like all these things. And the thing that I think is really interesting about this book is whenever Helena goes from her present state and travels back to the memory, she kind of takes over the consciousness of her younger self and erases all of those coming-of-age things that would happen normally, and she's sad about it. And I thought, wow, that would be hard. Like, if you're like, okay, I can travel back in time, but I'm going to erase all the experiences I would have had going forward because I'm going to upload basically the brain of a 40-something-year-old into the body of a 16 or 17 year old and what would that look like and this story is great i'm not going to spoil the end for you i'm not that mean right um but it has a very satisfying ending you're literally like on the edge of your seat until the very last page which normally i'm like no i hate this i need the resolution afterwards and even when i write my own books i often (laughs) write the resolution afterwards except in the old school series which is coming out in a few months i wrote right up to the (laughs) the last page you're like what and I did that over and over again but I'm releasing them two weeks to a month apart so it's not going to be like your torture will be short-lived if you read those books you'll be like what's going to happen you'll find out don't worry it's not going to be like a year between each book so then we have the map of tiny perfect things and we have Mark and Margaret and they're in a time loop that is much smaller and they're reliving one day over and over again. And the thing that Mark finds interesting is he realizes that he's in this time loop with another person. And so they basically equate it to they're awake and everyone else is asleep. Whereas in recursion, you have Barry or Helena is in the is in the driving wheel and they always have to try to convince the other one, the one who didn't time travel, that they time traveled and try to meet up. And it's this long, complicated thing. And Mark and Margaret kind of skip over that in the map of Tiny Perfect Things because they're both stuck in the same time loop together. And Mark thinks that, that that's really interesting and he feels less alone. And they start finding all these really amazing moments. And that's why the title of the book is The Map of Tiny Perfect Things because... They realize that they're stuck, and Mark decides that, like, after Margaret takes him to this one spot and shows him uh, a hawk catching a fish out of a lake, that they're going to collect all these moments and make a map. And in the book, um, which there is a film of this on Amazon, if you have Amazon Prime, you can go watch it right now. I highly recommend it. Um, In the book, he... You know, he they memorize the points and the times, and he draws the map out. But in the movie, he's like wants to become an artist, and it's really fun to watch him draw those things. Uh, so I liked that aspect of the movie a little bit better. Um, but so Mark thinks, okay, I don't know why we're stuck, and they decide that they're going to try to get onto an airplane to end the world, which doesn't work, by the way. Which I love because that makes sense. Uh, there's another time loop movie on Hulu called Palm Springs, and uh, it stars Andy Samberg. And it is literally like my least favorite time loop story ever. It doesn't make any sense. One of the things that happens is that as long as the characters stay awake, uh, they don't travel back in time. So they can get like three days if they 
use drugs or whatever. I thought that was dumb. Uh, Groundhog Day doesn't do it that way. The map of Tiny Perfect Things doesn't do it that way. And so they're trying to break out of it, but they realize they can't, or at least Mark realizes that. And then uh, the question, I'm just going to ruin this whole story for you if you haven't watched it yet. But you should still watch it because there are nuances that I'm not explaining here. But so Margaret... Mark finds out that Margaret's mother is going to die that day. And that's why she is stuck. And he's stuck in the time loop with her. Um, basically as like a witness, as a as a friend to support her. And she's stuck in that day because she can't face the idea of her mother dying. And if you've... So let me preface this part of the show by saying that my grandfather passed away on Saturday. And it's feeling really fresh. And I've been asking myself this question you know, and also, of course, thinking about what my dad's going through and what my husband went through when his father died. And so when my father-in-law died and I've been, you know, Margaret is stuck. But at some point in the movie, she doesn't do this in the book. She doesn't come to this realization in the book out loud. I mean, it's assumed. But in the movie, she says, like, well, you know, are you going to let not being able to be with this one person, keep you from moving forward in your life? And that is such a valid question. And, uh, you know, if you've been through extreme grief, you know that there's a temptation just to kind of shut everything down and shut off. And so she's stuck in that literal place where she's like, if I move on to tomorrow, my mom's going to be gone. And so I thought that that was a really interesting and poignant way of examining this question of are you really living if you can't move forward because of grief? And it's a beautiful story. It's short. Recursion is really long. <laughs> these are opposite stories in every way, basically, except that they're both amazing. And so I have to declare a winner, right, because it's trope trials. Um, and I, I, I think these stories both went in different ways, but I think for overall effect, I'm going to go with recursion because it's just blow your mind awesome, uh, in like a universe bending kind of way. Whereas the map of tiny perfect things is really sweet and compelling, but it doesn't blow your mind really. It's, it's a way more relatable story than recursion though because of that so uh i'm gonna say that even though recursion wins you should read both of these books if you're a time loop junkie like me and like maria and also i wanted to talk about because this is what we're doing on uh trope trials right we're going to talk about these amazing stories which i highly recommend both of these i do not recommend that you watch palm springs on hulu because it's super lame uh and i'm going to tell you what uh, two or three things every time about what you should look out for if you're writing in these tropes. And so the most obvious thing for a time loop story that you have to watch out for is repetition. But why? Because like in Groundhog Day, in the map of tiny perfect things, and if you're wondering what I'm pointing at, I'm pointing at my notebook, which outlines all of my podcast episodes because it is good to have notes, I've learned. Uh, and so what I would say is like in Groundhog Day, you do see the sort of same things over and over again. And even in the map of tiny perfect things, you see the same elements over and over again. Um, and also in recursion. But you have to kind of see them from a fresh perspective. And you have to summarize and skip over things that you've seen in detail. Or else the reader's like, I can't read this anymore. 
And even I felt kind of tortured toward the end of recursion because you get stuck in the loop to where they can't break out of it no matter what they do. At some point, you're like, oh, this book is going to end with the whole world exploding. Um, <laughs> but, which literally happens in the book, by the way, is like everybody goes to nuclear war because they think that they're using this um, time travel as like a way to overtake countries, which is not true. And so it ends up in nuclear <laughs> war. So the world literally blows up. Um, but if you, <laughs> you know, I feel like Blake Crouch did that at the end of Recursion just to emphasize the hopelessness, the, the hopelessness that the characters were feeling, that that hopelessness would be mirrored in the reader, which I felt. And I was like, can I even finish this book? The answer is yes, you can. Yes, I did. Uh, and that, that sort of harmony of feeling as miserable as the characters feel is really artfully done. And thank you, Blake Crouch, for making me feel miserable <laughs> for something like, I don't know, I feel like it was 10 to 15 chapters um, or more. <laughs> but the thing is, that is why you have to really pay attention in time loop if that's what you're writing, because you don't want the reader to feel needlessly tortured. Like Blake Crouch did it for a reason. Lev Grossman didn't do it because he didn't have a reason to do that. And so you need to make sure that when you're rewriting things, if they're from the same perspective, that you're not saying all of the details all of the time. You only say the details the first time. And remember, just like in Story Filters, which you can get your copy for free if you go to literarysymmetry.com uh, forward slash Story Filters, you only want details that matter to the plot, the setting, or the character. Any other details have to go. They got to get cut, okay? So you need to make sure to be wary of that in time loop stories. Also, something that can happen in time loop stories as far as re repetition is... Um, the character can get stuck in their own head, especially if it's one character that's in the time loop, like we see uh, in Groundhog Day. And that can make the reader feel like the motion, the momentum of the story has stalled, which sometimes you might want to do, which is what Blake Crouch did. But if you're not doing it for a reason, like I said, then don't do it at all. You can show the character feeling depressed, which would be a very natural reaction to being in an actual time loop, I feel like. Even if you had all the time in the world, you could still, you, you if no one else is like awake with you, as, as which is how they describe it in the map of perfect, of tiny perfect things. This, this title is so long, that's why I have to keep looking at it. Um, they, you know, then you're going to have issues. <laughs> so... That is why you need to make sure uh, that you can introduce other perspectives by the character who's in the repetition, interacting with characters he hasn't interacted with before. And we see this with Mark in the map of Tiny Perfect Things. We see this uh, with Bill Murray's character in Groundhog Day. Um, and so <laughs> that's something that you have to look out for. Also, you really have to plan for a time loop story. You need to know what the big picture is, what your big question is before you even start writing. And you have to know what the rules of the universe are as far as what kind of time loop your characters are stuck in, what are the rules of that time loop. Anytime you write time travel, you have to make your own rules for that universe, which is why I haven't finished my time travel series yet, because I'm getting all the rules just right. And uh, you can be like, well... 
Uh, there are no rules. Listen, if you're going to try to write a time travel book where there are no rules, you will never finish that book because you have written yourself into an impossible thing to where there's no actual need for the characters to go through any sort of journey because they can just go back to whatever, undo this. There's no effects. There's no butterfly effect, which is also something that you might want to look out for in a time loop story, by the way, uh, where if you change one thing, then lots of other things change. And that's what happens in recursion, while in the map of Tiny Perfect Things, nothing really changes that much for Mark or Margaret. So you have to decide what your rules are before you start. And if you're like, Kristen, I've never thought about writing a time loop before. Uh, you've made me interested in it. Yeah, write me an email and I'll be like, yay! Or if you're like, Kristen, you've scared me <laughs> from ever wanting to write a time loop. I would say like, you know... Uh, this is like kind of a water hose approach to time loop because I did the verses. But like I said, go watch about time uh, and you'll understand the rules of time loops better. I mean, there are even action films, right? Like Looper um, in the map of tiny perfect things. They mention um, the day after tomorrow, right? Is that what it is? On the edge of tomorrow. There are too many time loop movie titles and film and book titles like traveling in my head right now in a loop. Uh, so uh, The Edge of Tomorrow has Tom Hanks and uh, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And it is amazing, especially if you like extraterrestrial creatures, which I'm reading an amazing book right now. I have to tell you what book I'm reading because it is an alien invasion book. And if you're like, wow, Christian, you are really hitting it heavy for the science fiction books today, I would be like, yes, I am. So the book I'm reading right now is called The Sound of Stars by Alicia Dow, which is an own voices book about a, a black girl growing up in Manhattan when aliens invade the earth. It is so good. It reminds me a lot of the Constellation series by Claudia Gray. I'm about halfway through it. I can't wait to read it. I'm going to go read it right now after I finish this. And I have like a minute left before everyone in my house goes back on the internet. So I just want to remind you that it is never too late to write the story of your heart. And listen, if there's a trope you want me to do for these trope trials and you even want to pick a specific book, go to expensivewords.com, click on contact the host, and you can send me your idea. And I would love to do a trope trial for you specifically because this thing is super fun. And remember, this is Patreon supported. You go to patreon.com forward slash expensive words. Not only can you support me, but you can get in on my monthly coaching calls where I help you with your writing project directly, which is super fun. That's all I've got for today. Happy writing. This has been another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast with me, your host, Kristen Spencer. I'd love to hear your amazing writing thoughts and questions from your awesome writing brain. You can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer or at literary symmetry. Or you can email me at kns at literarysymmetry.com. This podcast is funded by awesome listeners like you. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it rolling, you can head over to www.patreon.com forward slash expensive words. You can keep all of my hosting and software needs going for the show by donating less than what it costs for one fancy cup of tea a month. And to be eligible to join writing coaching calls with me, check out the $12 a month sponsorship. 
you will get to ask me questions live about the story of your heart once a month and meet other cool writers. Thanks again for listening and happy writing.